Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Now, here's the host of WP Tonic, Jonathan Dinwood and John Locke. Welcome to WP Tonic, episode 159. Today we're talking all about WordPress contact forms. And before we get into today's episode, I'd like to thank our sponsor. Today's episode is being sponsored by Liquid Web. Liquid Web is a fully managed hosting company offering managed WordPress hosting. Liquid Web's managed WordPress is designed for mission critical sites that want maximized uptime increased capacity and improved performance. Liquid Web is the partner that businesses want. And with Liquid Web, your content and site are always safe, they're optimized for speed, and you can manage all of your sites easily through a single portal. Every Liquid Web managed WordPress customer will get a license of iThemes Sync Pro included with their monthly subscription. And Liquid Web is offering a 33% discount for six months. Just head on over to liquidweb.com slash WordPress and use the code WPTONIC33 at checkout. And now I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves. Uh, Kim, who are you? And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Kim Schivler. I teach people how to build online courses and membership platforms using WordPress. And Sally, your cat's ears come up behind your head. So it looks like you have cat ears. That's so cute. You can find me at howtobuildanonlinecourse.com or whitegloveWebtraining.com. Excellent. And Sally, how do we find you? Who are uh, you? Uh, my name is Sally Getch. Uh, my company is WP Fangirl. I am the organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. This is my cat, BC, <coughs> who we're thinking of making the next internet star as Klutzy Kitty. Excellent. And Jonathan, what about I'm you? Just, I'm just fascinated with the cat, really, John. Oh, oh sorry. Um, it's um, I'm the founder of WP uh, Tonic. We're a WordPress maintenance support company. We support many companies, and also we support developers and WordPress consultants. And I just want to quickly say, folks, that we really appreciate the support of Liquid Web. Um, if you get value from the show, please Twitter liquid web and tell them that you um you really appreciate them the supporting wp tonic yeah I, I think i may contact them and i i, I wasn't aware that managed wordpress and uh, i have a client who desperately needs new hosting well uh, they've been in the industry long i think they're a very reputable company aren't they sally they've been in the oh I, I know time. a lot of people who, who who like them but you know they previously had a, a reputation as basically the host that you go to if you like managing servers um the a, a really kind of developer oriented uh, hosting company that's great no no definitely uh exciting to see them in the managed wordpress space uh and I'm John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design. I help Blue Collar Industries uh, with their WordPress development and local SEO. Uh, before we get into today's main topic of the contact forms, we have a few WordPress news stories. Uh, at the very top, we have Jetpack 4.5 
is expanding the monetization with Word ads integration. And what I got from this article is, sounds like basically they're trying to compete with AdWords. Uh, Kim, did, did you hear about this and what are your thoughts? Um, I, I thought the same thing. I didn't know anything about Word ads before this article. I'm not on WordPress.com. And um, so I didn't know anything about it until I read it. And that's exactly what I took away from it, that they're trying to improve or grow that piece of their side of the puzzle and, and put it right into Jetpack. And they're taking it now, I guess, where even if you have a premium, you don't have to have a huge um, huge subscriber base or huge page view base, just a premium subscription, and you can play in that space. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I am not really on WordPress.com either, so I didn't really know about this, though I do have experience with sites that have AdWords on it. And, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Like, if you are paying, like, $9 a month, you have a chance to earn, like, ad revenue, I suppose. Uh, Sally, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Um, is this a monetization strategy uh, that's going to work? And... Uh, you know, overall, the state of advertising, is this something that's worth doing? I, I don't know. And I think the article was good about being, you know, ex expressing some uh, concerns. I remember uh, Word Ads. I'm amazed they got away with that name, right, without any kind of trademark issues. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, because th those are the ads that you see on WordPress.com sites if you're, you know, not logged in. Um, the ads that get shown on the free on the free sites um, that are part of how they're free, and I suppose they must work to some degree, uh, or they you know wouldn't have been doing them for so long. Uh, and they may be an interesting option uh, for some bloggers. Uh, you know, it's the the kind of uh, website that you know both that I have myself and that I build for most of my clients are not interested in uh, kind of generic ads that if they they're almost all their marketing is for their own products or or services and so it's it's not likely to be of a lot of interest to my uh, to my clients but if you're somebody who you know you're blogging and advertising is you know a way to try to, to monetize your your blog that may be interesting to you um, whether it's more or less interesting than uh, than Google Ads, or or whether you want to try both of them, is I think something you're going to just have to experiment with. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see whether there's very much uptake and and uh, you know whether people find it uh, find it valuable. Definitely, um, Jonathan. One of the things that was pointed out in this article is. Instead of being paid for clicks like you would be with AdWords, with Word ads, you're paid by impressions. And uh, according to one person that they were talking to in this article, they were getting uh, a substantial amount of money for a couple of years, and then now it's just kind of, you know, spare change. Um, and according to what the tavern was reporting here is uh, word ads was was paying out substantially more than they should have been early on for low quality uh, impressions you know what are your thoughts about uh, paying for impressions instead of clicks and is advertising revenue like even a viable model in 2017 well I'm not an expert on the field but by reading the article um, 
um, no, basically, um, I was really quite surprised by how little um, people are now being paid. Um, but it's been an ongoing trend, hasn't it? And uh, I think it's linked to what the article said, you know, ad blockers. I think also people um, are becoming, all, you know, totally blind to a lot of advertising on web pages to some extent. Um you know, so especially some of the magazine sites. I think last Saturday we 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 were jokingly talking about you know a lot of these magazine sites. When you're on a tablet, they're almost unusable. They've got so many pop-ups and they're uh, unusable on a desktop. Yeah, they're unusable <laughs> anywhere. Basically, I was trying to be charitable, but um, um, they're unusable. You know, the actual user experience is dreadful now because. You know, they're trying to overcome ad blockers and a reduction in revenue. Um, I think, because it was quite an extensive article, wasn't it? You know, he went on, um, and I it, think it that's why, because he, he delved quite deep into the reality, and it was quite shocking, really, um, how little. And I've got to be truthful, it, it doesn't endear, you know, it's another thing that doesn't endear me about um, Jetpack. <laughs> Uh, but 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 to be serious, um, only bloggers who are trying to make revenue would probably be interested in it, wouldn't they, John? I would think that you know it'd be something to try, but I can tell you from experience that unless you've got like a massive amount of traffic, you're not going to get a lot from you know AdWords or Word ads, either one. Uh, you you really need to like bring the traffic. I mean, in a serious way, um, if if you're going to make a living from this. I know in the early like Web 1.0 and 2.0 days, uh, there's people that built empires on AdSense and you know things of this nature. But as you know, our panel pointed out, there's ad blockers. Um, you know, people have had banner blindness since 1998. That's a proven fact. Um, so people have these annoying popovers. Uh, I just, you know, I really see the future, you know, right now being mobile advertising, and and that really seems to be the thing that's growing. I know that we have friends, uh, you know, our friend Jake, uh, you know, spends a lot of time trying to figure out how to make, you know, ads appear in front of people, and I really think that this is an industry-wide dilemma, especially. You see it, you know, with any type of online publishing, newspapers, um, any sort of uh, a media that's that's pumping out stuff. This is something that really does need to be solved. Well, um, I, I think it's I think it's a sign that um, the landscape's going to change. You know, I, I think I think companies that will have to really um, be more fussy about who they work with and try and become more of a partnership with particular. Podcasts or radio programs or television programs, where you've got a particular program or podcast that's dealing with a particular subject, and it's more that they become a partner um, rather than just an advert. If you understand, I see that as the future, really. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think there's a lot of wisdom to that. Um, but you I know, see think that. about. Sorry? Go ahead. 
I see that and I see as a for the blogging community for you know and I make some of my money from off of the website and the free content that I provide I think that for all the irritation of what those things do to your user experience the, the best play going forward is other long-term partnerships like you were talking about Jonathan as well as still building really good content around products that you use and love and then play having the affiliate play yeah. Yeah. because the affiliate money is still pretty good at, you know I'm I don't get rich off of it but every couple of days I get a PayPal note that you know another hundred two hundred dollars or whatever was deposited and I you know that's much more than the 10 cents for all these clicks and for what you're doing to your users with like I just am at a point where if I get to one of those news sites somehow through a link and I start seeing the ads I'm just gone I don't yeah. even read the article I'll find it somewhere else no, I agree with you. I, th I think, uh, you know, for bloggers, I think affiliate income is uh, definitely yeah. more profitable than advertising. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I've seen that, uh, yeah, just overall. Uh, time to move on to our second news story, which comes from the Cosmo Labs blog. Is business growth the best metric to focus on? Uh, and this is another, uh, you know, year in review post. Uh, there was a lot of them that came out in December and January. Uh, the, the basic thing that they were asking at the end, and I, I want to ask Kim this, is, you know, uh, the basic question is, is growth a good metric to focus on? And, and I think what they were trying to say is, it depends on what you're giving up in order to grow. If you're growing just for the sake of growing, that might not be sustainable or even healthy. Um, you know, Kim, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, just tracking, you know, revenue growth? Is, is there other things that you, that you look at as metrics for growth? Well, absolutely. Um, one of the keys, two, two things. One is just a technical revenue growth is fine, but where are your expenses? Where's your overhead? Where's all that? If your revenue is growing and your expenses are growing higher, you're in a really problematic place, right? Um, then the yeah. other piece of that is, you know, you can you can have revenue growing, but if 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 it's too expensive, then it's it can sink your business, and that's just a business piece. But the other piece, and particularly looking at a group like that, is not just revenue growth but product growth. He was talking about some of the issues of that of, you know, how do we decide what to focus on and what to grow. Because I think you can see from them that lifestyle is also important more than even monetary growth. It sounded like, you know, they work four days a week, they take Friday off. That's a core of who they are. So could their business become unsustainable in that way if it was just continued, let's grow, let's grow, let's build. We can make money doing this, but are we going off onto a rat hole that could cause problems, um, you know, in the long run for the business? So what's the purpose of your business? Are you trying to scale it so you can sell it and you aren't having to be involved? Or are you trying to keep something that you're really enjoying, making a living at, and um, and having a four-day work week? I love how you put that, that, you know, it's kind of like defining what the purpose of even growing is. Um, and, and a lot of I think that a lot of companies, like their DNA changes once they get to a certain size. Uh, they can start out with a vision of, of what 
they want to be, but I think when they get to a certain size, it's like impossible to maintain it in the same way. Um, and, and so that can be a challenge. I wanted to ask Sally too, you know, uh, when it comes to like measuring, you know, growth, what, you know, what types of things do you look at or do you value when it comes to, you know, growth? Do you just look at revenue or maybe profitability or? Yeah, I would I would care more about growing my profits than than growing my revenue because you know maybe my revenue would stay the same, but I found ways to work a ton more efficiently and and therefore, uh, you know my my profit goes up substantially. That that would be good. I'm not saying I managed to achieve that, mind you. Um, but uh, you know the other thing is you know growth is. I, I remember hearing someone you know in, in speaking about the the obsession uh, that uh, you know corporate America particularly has with growth. It's like you know the only thing that keeps growing without ever stopping is cancer. You're right. Uh, and uh, that you know maybe maybe growth isn't actually you know, necessarily what you're, what you're aiming for, you, you do have to kind of step back and say, yeah, what are, what are the goals? What are, what are the, the values of, of, of the, the business? And, you know, I mean, if, if expenses are going up, if, you know, the overall cost of living and, and your, your overhead and so on is going to increase, which it probably is, then your revenue has to increase enough to, to go with it, or you're, you're going to go out of business, you know, so you, you probably have to, to increase revenue to, to some degree, but you know, what else are you or, or aren't you accomplishing? Maybe you've invested a lot in your company in order to achieve something longer term. So, you know, your, your profit don't look as, as good for this year, but you know, two or three years down the line, it's really going to pay off for you. Um, so I, I think a lot of it is about, you know, it's like, it's great if you're making a ton more money. I have no objections to that, but even in the, like, I, you know, I made more money this year than I ever did in my life. Um, Congrats. Thank you. And it was, it was great, but you know, I did have to spend a couple of months practically working myself into a coma for it. And, mm -hmm. and I've had several people say, was it worth it? It's like, well, it's worth, it was worth it to do it for the short term because, you know, I desperately needed a new car and now I have one. Uh, and, you know, and it was also a project that I, that I did really enjoy, but I physically couldn't sustain that level of, of effort. So would it be worth, you know, trying to do that all the time in order to, to make that much more money? No, I would have to find, if I wanted, you know, I would have to find a way that was less physically taxing. Uh, so... I think you have to, you know, as I said, what is the, you know, what, what is, what is the cost of the growth, and what is the, what is the growth achieving? Is it achieving something for your, your personal lifestyle, for your company's overall goals, for your, uh, you know, for, for making your, uh, you know, increasing your customer satisfaction? Uh, you know, I think to grow for the sake of, of growing, you, you just lose track of what actually matters. I think that's well said. Uh, you know, money is kind of useless if you're too burnt out to enjoy it. Um, really, a lot of people talk about wealth, and it's really about wealth at time. It's not really about, you know, how much money you have in the bank necessarily. Jonathan, what were your big takeaways uh, from this article, and, and what are the things that you measure when it comes to business growth? I think, I think the panels put some very different point of view to the article. The, the things I got, it was slightly different. Um, 
I'd just like to ask the panel quickly, have you have you heard of this company before and have you used any of their plugins at all? I have not um, heard of them, although I want to check out their profile builder, but I had not heard of them before. I've heard of them, but not used anything. Sorry. Go ahead, I, think I've, I've, I think I've seen some of their articles before. I don't know that I've ever used any of their... Uh, uh, any other uh, products? No, but that I haven't, and I wasn't aware of the company yet. They they were saying I think it's about twenty three percent growth, wasn't it? Twenty eight percent, and that this was, mm-hmm. right. They've had more growth in in past years. I think I've seen the WordPress creation kit. I don't. I mean, I don't know if I've ever like you know looked at it, but I think I probably you know came across it somewhere and thought, hmm, I wonder if that would be interesting. But you know, since it what it does is a lot of it is the same as as ACF, and I'm already familiar with ACF, I'm I'm not that likely to go and and investigate. Exactly. But exactly. you know, there are a ton of plugins out there that you know I've they've sort of vaguely crossed my radar, but I didn't have an immediate need for them. Um, and so, whether I've heard of it or, or not is is not a good uh, uh, test of of whether that's a, a successful product. No, but I, what I took from that was it was very encouraging. You know, much more. Com- and they were saying that you know in the article they can only see the plugin world getting much more competitive a bit like hosting and i think that on the matt report i think he's been having uh, matt's been having some conversations with his interviewees that um things are probably going to get much more competitive in the plugging market and i think you're going to see that in our main topic when we talk about content contact form builders um so uh, I, in some ways, I was quite amazed at the amount of growth they got, um, really, in, a, in plug-in sectors that are right, quite competitive. Um, and then I took the bit, like, they took Fridays off, where I work uh, I work seven days a week, basically, um, um, but not kind of in your tradition. I have breaks you know i can go off and do what i want to do in the mornings and then i normally do more serious work in the afternoon well i am working but it's not your kind of judicial eight to five i'm more over the place um or the only thing that the only thing that the reason i want to make some money is um the only thing that money really gives you gives you a bit more choice um you know, that's what it gives you, choice. You, you know, when you die, you're not going to take it with you. Um, it just gives you more choice to do the things that you might want to really want to do, really. That's, you know, that's my point of view, John. I agree. I agree. Couldn't, couldn't say it better. Um, definitely, uh, you know, profitability, revenue is important because, uh, I mean, it, it shows that you're doing something right. That I mean, profitability is, is good. And what that gives you is like margin in your life. It gives you the ability to take more time off uh, and not work yourself into the ground. I think that's a big thing that people talk about, work-life balance, and, and some people, you know, value that. And I, you know, especially if they have like a family. Um, and then some people are like, no, you got to work like a maniac and then you can, you know, take time off later. But one thing that I've really found, I think, is like when you work like a maniac, a lot of people don't relax, you know, even when they get to success. It, it kind of how you are is like how you stay. 
And uh, so I think it's good to know who you are and, and you know, just embrace, you know, know what you want to do. Do you want to, uh, you know, work like a maniac or do you enjoy taking some time off? I think everybody enjoys a little bit of time off and, and profitability is uh, what allows you to do that. Uh, we're going to move on to our last story really quick. Postmatic Basic, uh, which is a plugin in the WordPress org repo, rebrands is replayable. And uh, basically what the what this plugin does is it allows you to subscribe to comments and you can reply to comments like via email. Uh, but now it is turning itself into a software as a service product. Uh, Kim, what have you heard of this? Do you use it? And what are your thoughts? I hadn't heard of it at all. Um, I actually just use the default comments. I don't use discuss or any of those. I'm just very, very basic with my comments. Uh, so I hadn't actually heard of it. I did see the point where they were saying, you know, potential blowback from people who, you know, when you try to take a free plugin and turn it into a software as a service. So I think they're probably smart to do some kind of uh, grandfathering in that they're doing. But for me, it wasn't, you know, I kind of read it and like, okay, it'll be interesting to see, but it wasn't something I was familiar with or that I think I would use. It's just not what I would do. Yeah. Uh, Sally, your thoughts on this? Um, is, it, are, is email commenting, uh, you know, and is that something that would be valuable? You blog a lot. <laughs> I, I wish. Um, I, I wrote, uh -huh. like, my all, all of my blog posts for 2016, like, on New Year's Eve. Uh, <laughs> and backdated them. It was painful. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, we had Postmatic uh, sponsor an episode, uh, an episode, of, uh, a, a session of our, our WordPress meetup uh, a year ago, two years ago, I'm not very good with time, but um, and people were were wondering about it a little bit, but did a did a test, and the you know kind of the the thing is that it's you know for subscription the the you know sort of the free version was at that point you know subscribe and reply to comments by email, and there are a lot of people for whom email is the most comfortable and familiar uh, technology, and and the. The idea behind it was kind of to encourage more discussion, and so some of the people who were, had been sort of skeptical about it were sort of like, "Yeah, you know, we might, we might actually try this." Um, and what it looks like now is that they'd expanded the the. There was always a premium version that they've expanded the premium version, so it includes a bunch of additional kinds of of things in addition to just subscribing to the comments. Uh, and uh, now they're kind of saying, okay, well, so there are people who don't need all of that extra stuff. They really just want to have that making it easier to, to have a comment conversation part, and we're going to have a, a, a lower charge for that the tier and, uh, you know, and, and rebrand it. Um, yes, you know, if a, if a free version of something goes away completely, there will be some people who complain. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, I think they, you know, they've anticipated that. I mean, that's not a hard thing to predict. You, you should have some kind of plan for it. Uh, and, it, you know, it doesn't make them evil that they want to do it. And, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, commenting is kind of a tricky business these days because, uh, 
you know, discussions about your posts, if they happen, there may be a bunch of stuff happening on social media. There may be, I mean, it used to be like your blog comments were kind of it. Uh, but there are still blogs that get tons of comments. Um, so, you know, if your blog is one of those, this could be worthwhile for you. I have to say that, um, you know, and it, it, I have certain articles that get a lot of comments. Not every single one, but there's certain ones that get a ton. And uh, there's conversations that, like, keep going for, like, a year or, like, more, you know, um, so I, I think, you know, if you have a blog where you have a number of articles like that, this would definitely be something to look into. And I can think a lot of people in the WordPress ecosystem that would benefit from this. They get a lot of comments on a consistent basis. So, uh, Jonathan, what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I, I know the key developer, um, Dylan, He because he, um, yep. I was based at for about two, almost three years at the Reno Collective, which is a co-working facility in Reno, folks. And Dylan and his wife, Anne, who used to manage um, the place, and he's a great developer. He's a bit of a character. Um, mm -hmm. And um, a very decent guy. And I did meet his partner, Jason, Um and they've been in the WordPress business for a long time. You know, they, they did high-end, um, non-profit, you know, national um, organization websites in WordPress. That was, that was their speciality. And then they decided to go into the plug. You know, Dylan has um, done a number of plugins. He does a Google Map plugin that's very popular. I forgot its name. Um, so the winning this, what I got from the art from the article is that pricing is a nightmare, <laughs> and yeah. um, <clears throat> basically, I, I, I've got a, another business that I've been trying to get established, and um, they, what, what I got from the article there is that, that they almost had two user bases, and they were getting conflicted messages. One user base just wanted the fundamental functionality of the core of what they're offering at a lower price. Then they had upper end, which was probably linked to the, to the contacts that they had with non-profits and the work they'd done previous that wanted fully featured a much bigger plug-in solution. And they're trying to deal with this by what they describe in the article, John. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's that is exactly what I saw. That, that um, like Sally's mentioned before, you know, sometimes at the lower end, the people who already have it in their mind that like everything should be free, if even if you charge a dollar, that's like the biggest obstacle. It wouldn't matter if it was one dollar or a hundred. It's just the fact that it's money coming out of their pocket like spare change, I mean, is the obstacle. Um, and then at the other end, it's they mentioned people who were using uh, MailChimp to send out RSS, uh, and they were paying 6000 a month because they were like a very large uh, blog with a lot of subscribers, and they were saying, you you guys are only 1500 and maybe this is like rolled into Postmatic. But, and, and so they were, you know, they're saying like a pricing has to be according to expectations of the people that you're marketing to. 
Uh, I do think that the, the, the email subscription thing with replayable, it's only $2.99 a month. It's like $3. Um, if you have a very active blog and people comment at all, I, I think it's worth taking a look at. Because I can tell you this, like um, just from an SEO perspective, Google really does look at how many people comment on a post and when they see like a lot of people like having a conversation like on your post, that really does like play into you know it getting it pushed up uh, the rankings. So uh, definitely something to look at. Glad to see them you know moving uh, from the, the the free plugin to having a software as a service. And I think a lot more plugins in the WordPress ecosystem are going to go that going to go that route in the next couple of years. I, I only wish them well. They're both really decent guys, and um, I hope it works out for them. Definitely. Uh, well, I think it's time to roll to our break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking all about uh, contact forms for WordPress. See you in just a second. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back from our break and we're talking contact forms for WordPress. Uh, and there's a lot of contact forms in the space. You know, there's uh, contact form seven, gravity forms, Caldera forms, WP forms, Ninja forms, formidable forms. Um, but just before we get into analyzing each of those, just want to go around the panel uh, really quick and, and ask, you know, uh, with a contact form, um, you know, a lot in the past, it would just be like, you know, uh, just send a little message and, uh, with your name and maybe your phone number, email, how have contact forms ad advanced in the, you know, in the last few years and, how are people using contact forms now in a way that they weren't before, Kim? Well, they're completely, you know, they have complete conditional logic, many of them, at least the good ones. Um, I have people using them actually as gateways to opt-ins and deliverable PDFs and that type of thing, where they didn't want a full-blown membership site. They had something, they wanted to deliver it, and Ninja Forms does that really well and super easy. And the other, many of the others do it also. But so there's people doing all kinds of things with them, um, almost even up to a level you could do Google Form type, you know, getting uh, input. And then based on that, how does that tie people into a sales process or onboarding sequence or something like that? So forms have come a long way. Uh, excellent. I'm glad you mentioned that. It, it, it is uh, the contact form. It really is like a gateway to a lot of stuff. Uh, Sally, how are you seeing people using contact forms in in the current day? Well, the thing is that I'm not necessarily seeing that much difference in how people are using forms because for many years there have been some people who needed 
sophisticated forms uh, that that we're doing that where it was more than basically you know this is a way to send us an email where people aren't going to you know harvest our email address. Um, there are plenty of people who still just use that kind of form. Uh, I think there are now more people who are using more sophisticated forms, forms that, you know, maybe routed to a different person depending on the subject, where there's, you know, where they're, they're using them for things, where they're using them for collecting payments, where they're using, and, you know, the thing that's really changed since basically gravity forms was it, if you wanted anything like conditional logic or, you know, is that there are now so many players in the space that, that it's become clear that there is a, a demand for this. There will continue to be a, a, a demand for this um, and that there is room, you know, if you can establish that you have a, a, a good product uh, and uh, therefore, you know, I think we will we'll probably only see uh, additional competitors. It astonishes me how many people still use contact form seven when it's such a clunky solution to put anything together in. Um, and, uh, but, but people still do. And, and it's not even like the only thing out there that's free anymore, but, uh, you know, I, I would like to have the opportunity to examine, you know, more of these solutions in, in more detail. I ran into an issue with gravity forms on a site recently. And because they really only needed something uh, simple, I just swapped in the free ninja form, you know, that was easy. Um, and, and end of story. And, uh, you know, even people who are big fans of gravity forms are like, you know, that that form creation interface that could seriously use a little overhauling. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, and, and every form creator, uh, every form builder is a little bit different. Uh, they're all basically similar. I, I do like what you said, like Contact Form 7 is a little bit clunky. Uh, still like one of the most downloaded plugins in the, the repo. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of people use it, though, um, because you can, you know, you can add in stuff. You can do like callbacks on it, but you can do that with the, you know, gravity forms or any of these other ones too. Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to how developer friendly a uh, contact or a, a uh, yeah, like a form plugin is, like how much you can hook into it. You know, what can you filter? What can you add as far as hooks and, and stuff like that? And Jonathan, what, what have you seen as far as like how people are using contact forms in the last few years how has it changed <coughs> change well i don't think it has much it was what is surprising is the amount of sites and large sites that probably large government entity sites um state sites charity um non-profit i don't know if you would agree with this john the amount you go to and their their forms are awful i mean I mean, yeah. really awful, you know, um, no feedback, no, they're really clunky, aren't they? A lot, still, there's a lot of that going on in there. Um, the other thing is, it's just the breadth of choice now um, that you got around forms that you didn't have even, let's say, 18 months ago. You've had a lot um, of new players coming in. I've, I thought the 
on a business side, I thought the interesting was WP Forms, Sire Bulky, you know, and, you know, Optin Monster going into this area aggressively um, with his marketing machine. Um, and it it's not the cheap, you know, they... I think they got a basic for thirty nine dollars, haven't they? But I think they're really going up against um, Gravity Forms. You know, they're really trying to take them on. I've never, I've actually not used it um, because I've got a developer's license with Gravity Forms. So I just tend to keep with that. And then if I'm dealing with a very low budget client and they're not happy. Um, they don't they're not i look at some other alternatives i look but i would look at any alternative that excludes contact form seven I, I, i'm not a great fan and i'm not really a great fan of jetpack's contact form module but um but there's a lot of there's a lot of um choice now that you don't have to use those more lower end products isn't there john definitely um it one thing that everybody said is there's a lot of market validation for contact forms. Uh, just because there's people that are already in that space and thriving doesn't mean that you know there's not room for more because obviously more people just keep coming in. So uh, there's definitely uh, a lot of room and we've seen a lot of people come in in the last few years and, and really attack this space. I want to just kind of quickly just throw out like uh, names of, of uh, certain forms and we'll discuss them at length, like kind of uh, around the room. Pros and cons. Um, I'll start with Kim. Contact Form 7, you know, pros and cons of, of Contact Form 7. Uh, um, well, I think a lot of it's already been said. It's clunky. It's not fully functional. It's, it's, it's a very basic free contact form. Uh, but it doesn't have the extensive logic and things that something like the professional version of Ninja Forms does or Gravity Forms. For me, I started with Contact Form 7 and I used to teach it. Now that Ninja Forms has the freemium model for my people, I, that's what I tend to teach because I can start them at the basic if that's all they need and I can take them all the way up into some pretty advanced conditional logic if we need to. Um, so that, that's kind of where I lean with those. I've played, I've used to use Formidable. It was recommended highly to me. It's okay. I still, I, my preference has been the Ninja Forms and my, my experience with Gravity Forms has been much less. Um, but I did have one situation where they were having trouble with the, the conditional logic that was going on there. And it was a very, with the Gravity Forms, and it was a very simple fix with the Ninja Forms. So that's what we did. Um, you mentioned opt-in monster also. My challenge with that one is um, since they took it away from a plugin and put it software as a service, it uh, really slows your site down. Ah, okay. That's good to know. That's good a to problem. Know. Uh, anybody else with thoughts on uh, contact form seven? Like it? Hate it? What's it good for? Well, it's just, it just, it's a German guy, isn't it? And he was in cooking, and he had all these chef 
all these chef stuff all over his website and when you read some of the support tickets and some of his attitude but this was don't this is about four years ago but if you went to the re and saw some of his replies to some of the support tickets you just shuddered you know you just kind of cringed i i i um i don't know how you, has he got a premier version of this is it no, or, it's, I, I, no I know, it's all, all free. The guy's know. in Japan. Yeah, I think it's Japanese. It's Japanese. Sure. Well, I'm sure. Oh, pretty, pretty sure. Yeah. All right. Maybe we moved to Japan. I don't know. Um, I, I think if you if you got a really, you know, forms are important, and it, I, I, I cannot honestly recommend that as a solution for um, the bulk of my clients. I, I think Nija, like what um, Kim said, and there's some other f um, quite good free alternatives now. Um, I think you'd be better off looking at something else myself, but that's just my opinion. No, I feel you. Um, I want to turn to, I'm glad you mentioned that, um, Sally. Uh, you mentioned you and Kim both mentioned that you use ninja forms. Uh, tell us what you like about that and and some of the things that you will get with ninja forms. Well, I've only ever used the free version of of ninja forms, um, but it, you know it's got a pretty nice form building interface. I noticed they changed it fairly recently because when I just you know swapped it in for uh, uh, for gravity forms on on this site the, the you know the interface for for adding parts to your uh, forms was uh, uh, different but you know you get a fair number of, of options for things that a person would need on a on a basic uh, contact form and you know who receives it and uh, you know what kind of uh, response message uh, they get and and that sort of thing um it, it doesn't have the you know i i have once or twice used the the jetpack contact form and it's both limited and confusing uh and uh you know ninja forms is i mean you know i I hesitate to describe anything as intuitive. I don't. I don't know that I would say that. But it's it's not too difficult to figure out, you know, how to create a how to create a, a form and uh, arrange it to your liking and and uh, include fields and then display it. Um, you know, I think there there are a couple of things like there was a case uh, at a client that was using Marketo. And they were looking at possible integrations between Marketo and, and WordPress in terms of the, the forms. They eventually decided to just keep building their forms at Marketo, which is like catastrophically horrendous. The, the CSS on those forms is, is U-G-L-Y. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, one of the integration products basically insisted that you use Contact Form 7 or something else where you could build things in a, in, a, in a certain way so that they could like interpret those wrappers or something. And, you know, Gravity Forms is pretty notoriously awful to style. I haven't ever tried doing anything super fancy with it. So, you know, it, I, I, I haven't come to the point of ripping all my hair out. But, uh, you know, I have heard people 
I've heard the ninja forms people talk about, you know, make trying to make their forms easier to style for for people than gravity forms are. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing matters if you need a form that that doesn't look basic and generic. I mean, I think that, you know, the basic form style uh, is meant to look adequate on most websites it's it's usually okay it's not like anything to write home about but it's usually okay um so you know i like ninja forms but their piece by piece pricing model uh is one of those where like you know i pay one fee for for a developer license for gravity forms and i can use all of the extensions everywhere you know on, on however many sites i want and that's a better model for me as a developer than trying to pay for all the different parts. Now, of course, you know, if you so if, if I was going to use a pro version of, of Ninja Forms, I definitely need to make sure that, you know, the clients paid for the licenses for whatever it was that they needed on the site. And theoretically, this is what you should have clients do with plugins anyway. But sometimes that works well and sometimes it doesn't because the client's ability to like tr keep track of their login information and when their licenses have to be updated and all this thing, and they're probably going to come back to me and ask me to deal with any support issues anyway. Um, so you know, the, the, the pricing model can make a difference to, to what I decide, but I, I want to look at some of these uh, alternatives in, in more depth. I'd, I'd love to have a meetup about basically the sort of, you know, contact form face-off um, and hear from people who are, you know, actually really experienced with using some of these other, uh, other form tools. Um, because, uh, you know, there are likely advantages uh, to other things that I uh, that was know, gravity phone right wouldn't discover and it looks like <laughs> it was, it's probably one of those robo spam calls um, <clears throat> that I wouldn't necessarily discover right away as a new user but that that could be really compelling yeah and this is probably the thing that has kept me away from ninja forms in a way because uh, looking at like the so the add-ons, I am so used to Gravity Forms with like say if you get a developer license, you get all the add-ons, which is and it's basically like all the add-ons that you would get in any of these other models if you use like Ninja Forms or something <clears throat> similar. Um, but with Ninja Forms, it's okay. So you either buy each extension separately, yeah. or you buy the ninety nine a year, and then you get just the ones that they choose like conditional logic, which is already in Gravity Forms, or you can spend, you know, 500 bucks and get all the add-ons, or 199 and then you get, you know, certain, the, the certain ones you get at 99 and 40% off all the rest of them. It's just kind of, um, I guess that could work for some people, but, I mean, and maybe it's more, you know, this is a business model that works for them, but I mean, it, it, this is probably what has kept me away from them. Yeah, it's uh, so is it the pricing? The, the pricing? Yeah, it's just confusing. Because the agency does give you everything. Unlimited sites, all the add-ons, right. but it's $500 a year. Right, and for Gravity Forms, yeah. it's like a hundred and something a year for everything. And I think you get, yeah, and yeah, I think like, you get discounts on renewals, so. I think the one... 
Um, Josh Pollock came on the show, folks, and he's a fantastic developer and a real character. I love Josh. And Caldera Forms, um, he gave us, he was very generous, and um, he gave WP Tonic a, a discount. I just haven't used it, but I mean to really delve into his form solution. And he's also um, gave a discount to WP Tonic users. And I'll be fishing it out. And if you go to the show notes, folks, go to the show notes, um, that offer will be on the show notes. And I really encourage people, developers, people in the WordPress community to look at Josh's solutions because, and I'm really mean to use it on the WP Tonic website and some other sites because, um, I think he's a great developer and the things he was doing with it um, seem really interesting. Don't, what do you think, John? So, uh, yeah, I actually used Caldera Forms for a project recently. I hadn't used it because, uh, like a lot of people, I have a, a Gravity Forms developer license, and so I really just kind of default to that. But I did want to, you know, try it because uh, there is a specific thing I was trying to do, and I wanted to see if Caldera Forms can do it. So a little bit about this: it's basically a drag and drop, uh, responsive builder. Like it's it's responsive out of the box, uh, which is good. It's it's a uh, really intuitive drag and drop builder. You just you know you select your different types of input fields, and then you just pull them over into your form. I found it pretty easy to use and uh, not too difficult to style either which is a big thing uh, <laughs> for me I, I'm, I'm going to be really honest like how easy it is to style a form with CSS is is a big thing I mean there's two parts to a form there's kind of functionality which is is super super important it has to be able to hook together like different things and and make them work which um, you know gravity forms does really good you can use Zapier uh, to, you know, integrate any services that aren't supported in the add-ins as you can do with Ninja Forms, uh, as you can do with a lot of these. But um, I will say Gravity Forms is tough to style. It's a very, you, like, you complicated... Do, you do agree with that, John. It's tough to style. Caldera Forms is, is a little bit easier to style as far as CSS, and it's, it's very similar as far as, uh, you know, putting together a form. I actually like it, and I think it would, is a good solution for uh, a, a lot of people. And it's worth checking out if if you uh, are looking for an alternative to Gravity Forms. Has anybody else used Caldera Forms? I have not. What about what about WP Forms, John? Have you got any experience of that at all? Now, this is the one from Syed Belki, right? Yeah. And now I do not have experience with this one, but it is also a form builder. Um, I do not uh, have any experience with this, but it looks, you know, very similar to you know Gravity Forms or Caldera Forms. It's kind of just like an easy, intuitive, uh, you know, form builder. Anybody in the room had experience with this one? I don't. No, there's just silence. This is why, folks, we're going to try and attempt to get the show onto Facebook because we'd love to get your comments and get yeah. more engagement. Because um, we we kind of but we tend to use Gravity Forms, and it's a great product. But it, yeah. it 
this styling issue has been an ongoing issue with gravity forms. And like what Sally said, if you're just looking for pure functionality and that's okay, gravity forms is still a, and for all the stuff you get for the developer's license, it's still good value, isn't it, John? But when yep. it comes to the actual styling, it's a pain in the posterior, isn't it, John? Yeah. There's a couple of things here in the WP forms that uh, are useful. Like they have a signature add-on. Gravity forms also has that. Yeah. Uh, we just use, we've used that, um, which is useful. Anything with a touch screen or a mouse, you can get their signature. Uh, one other thing that that also is in Gravity Forms that I noticed is in WP Forms is user registration. You can actually like register a user from your site uh, from the form, which is uh, pretty good to have. Uh, what is the pricing on this? Let's take a look. Uh, so this one, the ultimate, basically you can get a lifetime for four forty nine, uh, or similar to Gravity Forms one ninety nine a year uh, for that. Uh, that's for WP Forms. It's basically the same pricing, except they have like a lifetime VIP plan as well. So four forty nine lifetime, and then the other pricing is basically exactly what you would expect from Gravity Forms. Let's talk about that one as, as well. Um, why that one has become the default leader, Kim? Why do you think Gravity Forms has become uh, kind of the 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 one that's kind of like leading the pack when it comes to premium form builders? I don't 100% know. I mean, for me, it's the first premium one I ever heard of. So I don't know if they were early to market. Um, you guys would have to tell me that. But I know that when I came on board um, and got out of Drupal and into WordPress, I started looking you at saw the light, Kim. The, the run to <laughs> I saw the light. And, you know, that was just one of the first ones that was thrown around. And... Um, I found and actually ended up finding the Ninja Forms. Of Drupal. Yeah, <laughs> I was saved. I uh, I found I was recommended Ninja Forms at a um, WordPress meetup, and and really liked it. But that was I don't know enough about the history of Gravity Forms to know um, what made it. I do know I've heard it thrown around by some of the big. Uh, you know, internet marketing type people and some of the uh, big podcasters who have large audiences. So that could never hurt. There you go. Um, I, I do like it. There's a, there's a lot of things that are built in. Like it, it has a lot of built-in add-in services where it connects to, you know, basically all the email subscription services, um, you know, all your CRMs, your payment gateways, it, pretty much most of them are like already, there's a premium uh, add-on. So if you get a developer's license, you're already covered for all those. So that is one thing I like. Uh, Sally, any thoughts on Gravity Forms? Like it, hate it? I like it. Um, but as I said, you know, it's, it's, I've been using it for a long time and not necessarily investigated other possibilities closely. And I, you know, I would, I would be open to, to to switching if if something seemed like it was going to be better in in areas where it mattered, or to adding it on. Is that you know sometimes this is better, sometimes that's better. I'm pretty sure the reason Gravity Forms was dominant is that they were so much earlier to to market than these other solutions. Um, you know, it was basically you had Contact Form Seven, and then you had Gravity Forms, and it was a, a, yeah. a no brainer to to choose in between them, and. 
you know, gravity forms continued to to do well over the years, and I I think as the you know as as the plug-in economy expanded generally, you know, people realized there is, you know, it it we could compete with this. There is room for more than one player, and so the options have expanded, and you know they are not necessarily you know burdened with the uh, the technical debt of gravity forms that sort of like well we started out doing it this way and we started when we started this out you know the way we did it was was really you know a, 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 an amazing huge improvement but these days you know it actually looks a little old fashioned and and primitive and you know other people can can start from a from a different place and you know based on what they've learned from from seeing how things have gone with gravity forms and that gives them you know certain advantages uh but you know i don't think everybody who's already you know invested a lot in gravity forms is is going to you know jump ship unless they find something extremely compelling about an, an, another solution um, Jonathan, thoughts? Well, I think I took, like, I normally, you know, our panel members are normally much more intelligent than me, John, so I just agree with them. Uh, um, so uh, I just agree with, I totally agree with Sally, you know. I think on the business side, I think Gravity Forms have done a lot of things that are really good business, you know, $199. Um, you get everything thrown in. When you renew, I think it's nine. Was it ninety dollars when you or seventy to ninety dollars if you re, renew? Um, you know they, they they've done a lot of things right and on the business and they've like Sally said they were first in the market. You know about three or four years ago there wasn't much choice. Like what Sally said, it was either content seven the quasar German Japanese individual or it was <laughs> gravity uh, gravity forms wasn't it to some extent but now the landscape you've got a lot of choices haven't you um, but it's also dominated by search again isn't it you know if you do a search WordPress content form um, there's there are some blog posts that seem to dominate it dominate search and if you're not on one of their lists, it must be pretty hard to get um, oxygen for your product, for your plug-in, really, John, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it, it really, uh, that plays a part. You know, like how much, um, you know, publicity your plug-in gets, that, that is part of it, for sure. Uh, with Gravity Forms, there's a couple other things, that I, uh, resources that I want to point out. Uh, and one that, that work in accordance like with it. One is uh, called Gravity Perks. This is at gravitywiz.com. I want to say I know the person behind this. I, I, I think I do, actually. Um, but uh, this is a whole bunch. It's a, a separate plugin, but it, it, it helps you uh, enhance some things for Gravity Forms that don't uh, aren't included in the plugin naturally. Uh, there's there's a lot of different things here you can look at um, that that will make using Gravity Forms easier. And another resource that I want to point out is Gravity Plus Pro, and that the person behind that is, I believe it's Naomi uh, Bush. But there's some add-ons that she develops uh, for Gravity Forms, and I believe that Russell Aaron like also has like a Gravity Forms like styling plugin. I think he's not supporting that anymore. Right. I mean, there's there's a lot yeah. of 
additional sort of extensions for gravity yeah. forms, which is, you know, that's kind of like one of its advantages because it's been around so long. There's sort of a whole sub ecosystem around it. So you've got things like, you know, gravity flow, um, gravity PDF. Uh, there were, a, a, I think, a couple of different sort of styling options. Um, you know, I've, I've bookmarked a, a, a bunch of these things. Uh, you know, there's a GF charts plugin for displaying charts from your uh, from your form results. So it's you know, there are advantages that kind of accrete over time as something has become right. established. And if you use a lot of those things a lot, that makes you less likely to switch from gravity forms to something else unless those things are available. Uh, but, you know, we don't know that those things, you know, I think we kind of have to wait for a little dust to settle with, with some of the newer things and see, you know, as something proves successful over time, you'll see more of those options uh, for the other uh, form plugins. Yeah. Uh, la last plugin that I want to mention, like that's specifically in the WordPress space is formidable forms. Uh, Kim, did, you said you had experience with this one. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's been a couple years, but it was highly recommended to me. I would say it was pretty easy. It was very easy to use just to build a form, a very drag and drop. If you needed two column forms, it was really easy to create that, which was very nice because the application I used it for was when I still actually did some hands-on work for people, and it had to do with building out a sub um, a shipping box subscription, you know, kind of like a birch box type thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, a form with that and a lot of drop downs and then needing payment from there because she didn't want to use her WooCommerce for this piece. And um, because the memberships for that didn't get the, enough. So then it was fairly easy to use. Um, certain pieces of styling were very easy for drag and drop as far as, like I said, uh, multiple columns, that type of thing. Some of the CSS at the time was a little quirky, but I haven't, and I have, I managed to get some kind of, like, I don't know, lifetime membership or something I bought, but I just uh, haven't been using it ever since because, again, since most of what I do is teach, a lot of people just want a really basic form to get started with, and they're not going to pay the, you know, even the basic $40 or whatever for just a, you know, name question subject you know type thing a couple things that i notice in their add-ons is uh there's some things that are kind of that i think are unique to them one is uh it has a form action automation where you can schedule email notifications sms messages and api actions uh it also has uh, extensions for uh wp multilingual and polylang so it would be automatically translated, I'm guessing. And uh, there's another one in here that was very interesting to me. Uh, the formidable API, it sends entry results to any other site that has a REST API. So if you have a formidable form on you know, a couple separate sites, you can bounce that information back and forth, which I think is pretty interesting. It's quite impressive, isn't it? It's a lovely website, yeah. isn't it? It's, um, yeah. And um, it... Uh, it's well laid out, and they've got a lot of um, additional from themselves and from third parties, haven't they? And yep, there's. The, oh, go ahead. And the pricing. Keep going. Um, the pricing seems quite attractive, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it's it's right in line with what other people are doing. Yeah. 
you know, it does, you've got a bit of a jump. You know, you've got 199 for 15 sites, then unlimited, you've got to go up to 399, um, you know, compared to the unlimited of 199 with gravity. But there's certainly, um, so, certainly something to look at, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, there's one more. Oh, I'm sorry. Back on, John. <laughs> there's one more that I want to mention here. Um, it's typeform.com, and uh, it's not specifically a plugin. It's more like a standalone service or a, a software as a service. But uh, I've been seeing people use these uh, for probably going back like five years. Uh, and if you have probably come across these in the wild, they're, they have a very unique UI to the form where you can, you can set these up and send people to a specific uh, URL, and I believe that you can host these on your site as well. Um, but basically, like it just focuses on one question at a time, like one field, and then you uh, basically, it just goes step by step. It's, it's a very unique looking form. It's a very uh, you know, cool looking something that a lot of development went into. Uh, has, is anybody familiar with these at all? I'm sure I've filled some of them out, but I've, I've never created one. I'm the I've never Jonathan. used that. Um, I have never used that, but there is a way, and it's either in Ninja or Formidable, I'm going to forget now, there is a way to break your form mm -hmm. up into that type of layout. Like a multi-part. Where you yeah. ask a question like a and then next one, next one, next one. But um, but I've not used that one. Well, I think, I think what to kind of wrap it up, John, I think what we gathered from this is that um, you really need to look around a bit more. I need to because um, – just looking um, because of the show, you know, we came up with this topic. Things have changed quite dramatically. And the good news, folks, is you've got a lot more choice now, haven't you? That's always both yeah, good news no and bad news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I'm exactly thinking the same, which is good news and bad news, like what Sally said. Yeah, there's no shortage of choice when it comes to contact forms in the WordPress space. Uh, definitely, there's lots of options. I guess the thing is, would be sit down with uh, your developer, your agency, whoever you're working with, and you know figure out what the goals of your website actually are, what you're actually trying to do, and work through some of those kind of workflows. And then once you get those figured out, you will then, and only then, you would kind of like kind of know, uh, you know, wit what form uh, plugin is, is the right solution for you. But, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think if you're, the dev, if you're a developer, I think you've got five, really, five to six really quite credible solutions that you could go with. I think if you're the owner of the site and you're just looking for a simple contact us, you, you now have a number of solutions where you used to have only contact seven you don't have yep. to use that now do you nope I think no, there's definitely better ones i mean if you only need like someone to just send a message and that's it and that's all you need i mean contact form seven is fine uh but there's also other free ones you can use i mean uh ninja forms and, and caldera forms they are basically a freemium model 
you can use it for free. Uh, but if you want any of the add-ons or anything like that, then you can, uh, you know, you can do that as well. So, yeah, I think it's great. So, shall we wrap up, John? I think we've full busted, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of resources. Again, there's going to be show notes. Uh, if you listen on iTunes, we're, we'll have links to all the resources we mentioned on the website when we publish this. There will be a list of all the links that you can download uh, as well. Uh, coming up next episode, episode 160, uh, we're going to have Jonathan Stark, so be sure to check that out. Uh and reminding everybody, if you're getting value from this episode, be sure to go to iTunes, write a detailed review. It helps surface this podcast in search results, helps other people find it. And if you write a review, we might read it on the air. So there you go. Uh, and with that, uh, let everybody tell us where to find them. Kim, how do we find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Kim Schivler, or my websites, howtobuildanonlinecourse.com or whitegloveweptraining.com. Excellent. Sally, how do we find you? You can find me at WPFangirl.com. I am at Sally Getch on Twitter. And if you can spell my name, you'll find me anywhere. I'm unique in Google. Excellent. Jonathan, how do we get a hold of you? Hi, folks. You normally can get me on Twitter at Jonathan Denwood. Um, periodically, but I'm normally on there most days having a quick look. Uh, or you could email me at um, Jonathan at wp-tonic.com and what I would uh, kind of finish I would encourage people to Twitter Liquid Web and say how much they enjoy WP Tonic and just send them a quick buzz on Twitter saying that I appreciate them being our major sponsor we, we're very appreciative aren't we John definitely or go to their website remember uh, use the code WPTonic33 at checkout you get 33% off your first six months, so do that. Uh, and if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me at my website, which is LockdownDesign.com. You can find me at Twitter, Lockdown underscore, and my Facebook, uh, just Facebook slash Lockdown Design. With that, the WP Tonic crew is saying adios. We out of here. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.